You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. And on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, live from the Green Room 42, we are chatting with recording artist Marty Thomas, whose new album, Slow Dancing with a Boy, has just been released. Hi, Marty. Hi. How are you, sweetheart? I'm well. It's great to have you here. Um, We are going to be talking about your new album, but before we get into your new album, I just want to do a quick little recap of where everyone might know you from, um, which is a lot of places. So... Marty won Ed McMahon's Junior Star Search over a then-unknown Britney Spears, which is incredible. You have created a name for yourself on Broadway in Xanadu, Wicked, The Secret Garden. You were on Grace and Frankie on Netflix, and you've been a staple in the New York City nightlife for well over a decade. And I'm thrilled to finally have you here. So let's get started. Um. It's been five years since we did our last interview together, which is crazy. But at that time, we were discussing the release of your album, Diva, which you released with your divas, Marissa Rosen, Alexa Green, and Kelly King. So let's find out what has been the biggest change for you in these last five years. Uh, I think just focus. Um, I uh, definitely took a, um, a, a slight step away from theater um, for a little while to uh, record and to produce and create and arrange and try my hand at a lot of new skills. And um, I've loved it. I miss the theater a great deal. I've started auditioning again. And uh, obviously I've started recording and um, been producing more and more and more. And I think it's just given me the freedom and the confidence to try a lot of new things. I think I'm a lot more adventurous and confident than I was five years ago. That's amazing. Well, I'm thrilled that you're auditioning again, but I am so excited for this new album. It's fantastic, and I can't stop listening to it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so I'm honored that anyone has heard it and is listening to it more than once. Um, it's been it was a very challenging project, but I'm couldn't be more proud of it. Well, we're gonna dive into it. So your new album, Slow Dancing with the Boy, has just been released, and Prior to its release, I got an advanced copy, and I just can't stop listening to it. So what made now the right time to release a new solo album? I mean, for an independent artist, is there ever really a right time to release music? Uh, The market is always so inundated and competitive, um, but I feel like we're in a time of do it or stop complaining. Um, I just really was living in a place where I was thinking if, if you say you're a singer, but you're not recording or singing anywhere, are you actually a singer? And, um, you know, in my, I teach musical theater classes at, um, the New York film Academy and around the country. And I'm always telling young dancers, like, if you say you're a dancer and you're not taking class, you might not actually be a dancer. So I tried to take my own advice. Um, i had had this vision of this record, uh, boiling around in my brain. And once I started to realize that it was actually, a project and a conceptual idea beyond just something I was chatting about with friends. Um, I, I, I really, I knew I had to take the bull by the horns and make something tangible and physical out of it. Well, you've done a great job with it. I have to say. Um, so how long did it take you to put slow dancing with a boy together? 
it was, I mean, it was a, a quick project about 30 years in the making. Um, it, 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 the actual tangible product, I think, took about three years. Obviously, the concept behind it, which I hope we'll get to chat about, um, dates back to middle school. Um, that a lot of open wounds that I really didn't know were wounds until I started exploring this project. But uh, when I when I first started noticing that uh, the concept of this album was a, a thing that I really needed to explore, from that moment it took about three years um, to get the physical copy of the album out into the world, which is a very long time. What was the first song you knew that had to be on this album? And why was it so important for that song to be on here? I think the first song that we settled on that had to be on this album was an arrangement that I had written of um, a mashup of Robin's Dancing on My Own with uh, Celine Dion's arrangement of All By Myself, along with uh, a snippet of On My Own from Les Miserables. Um, it, it was something that I wrote quickly because the meaning behind it was so raw and fresh. Uh, but I was working on a series of mashing up musical theater tunes over pop tunes, and that's how the, that project began. But that song quickly got lassoed into this project uh, because the, the meaning behind it was so raw and open and honest and vulnerable, which is all I wanted this record to be, um, that it really captured the feeling of being alone and, and self-doubt uh, that I wanted to encapsulate in this idea. Speaking of the concept of the album, can you tell us a little bit, because the, the press notes where, you know, it sort of takes you on this journey of this love that this boy is looking for. So can you explain sort of the process in developing the concept of the album? Yeah, um, it it really started when I came across a HuffPost style article that was kind of clickbaity of um, Boy Goes to Prom, but it was a picture of a boy with another boy. And I opened the article, having grown up in the 90s in the Midwest, thinking, gosh, I hope they didn't rough him up too bad. I hope he's okay. Because I assume the only reason that a major press would cover a gay boy going to prom is that if somebody beat him up. And when I opened the article and saw that it was rather innocent and rather mundane, it was just a slice of life story about a dude going to prom. It didn't matter who he took. I was really embarrassed and kind of ashamed of myself that immediately my brain took me to he got beat up. But I guess I'm of a generation just before the millennial rate, the millennial rage of uh, being able to be open and honest and vulnerable in public. Uh, that's where my brain took me. And I looked through the article and it was like, he was dancing with his date and he won prom King and his friends were like super cool with dancing next to him. Nobody felt like they needed to make a statement. And, um, his parents were taking pictures. They were super proud of this coming of age experience. And it, it just stuck with me, that article. And I thought about it a lot. And every time a song would come on the radio that like took me back to my prom or middle school dances or even beyond that article would boil in my brain a bit. And, um, I started realizing that I was robbed of that coming of age experience. And it even, um, hit me harder when I, when I started to really accept that it was my fault because I traded those, those experiences willingly to my church and to my family and to the belief that I wasn't valid and that I didn't deserve that kind of experience that my straight friends 
deserved that they just got to have this uh, prom and these things that they were deserving of because the church said so. So every time one of those songs would come on, it would make me mad at this song that I loved. So I made a list and started categorizing those songs and um, started rearranging them for some unknown project, but just really wanted to rearrange them and um, re-guide them and repurpose them in the light so I could see them in a positive way and um, kind of take them back. That's wonderful. It's a great way to like reclaim what you didn't get to have. Yeah, that was kind of what I was hoping for, was um, to take that moment to look across the dance floor and find somebody that I was organically attracted to and wanted to spend the evening with and have an innocent slow dance with a boy. I love it. I love it. And you definitely achieved it on the album. So Thank you. You're welcome. Um, before we move into a game segment, uh, I have one more question. So which was the hardest song for you to learn and which one was the easiest? Um, the easiest was, uh, I did a, a country two-step arrangement of Dream Lover by Mariah Carey with, uh, my two best friends, Jamie Ray, who produced the record and Rachel Potter, uh, Broadway star and X Factor country singer star. Uh, we used to live together for a few years when Rachel was first starting her Broadway career and Jamie had just graduated from NYU and we, um, spent a lot of late nights singing country music cause that was our passion. And we loved turning pop tunes on their ear and giving them a, a country arrangement, a country feel. We called it the country band. And um, <clears throat> we, when I was putting this record together, I remembered this arrangement of a song that was of Dream Lover that was so popular in the 90s. And every year we would have this dance at my school called the Barn Dance at uh, the Rock Barn, which was a barn made of rock. And I'm talking small town America. And uh, it was always the dance that made me feel the most out of place and the most desperate to fit in. Um, so I, I, I thought that was really significant to use such a important song of my teen years to give it that barn dance vibe. And because it was with my two best friends, it was supernatural and easy and um, really fun to record and to arrange. The most difficult, uh, Jamie Ray, who produced the record, is a, I mean, he's a vocal wizard. He produces the acapella group Voctiv that's really well known on on um, YouTube and has a, a great recording career and touring career. So his arrangements are epic. We decided we were going to do Somewhere from West Side Story on the album as our, our show tune. Um, it was very important to the message of the album, and it was a very important song of, of my childhood. And the arrangement that he drew vocally was terrifying. Uh, it's very difficult song to sing, and this arrangement was really challenging. So it, it was definitely the one that scared me the most, but once we got it in the can, I'm so proud of it. It's so beautiful, so epic. We closed the record with it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I do love, I do love the country feel you did give to Dream Lover because it is, I, I mean, obviously I grew up with the song, so I know it, but it was nice to hear a fresh take on it. Thanks, man. I love that tune. Yeah, it's really good. Priceline presents. Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. 
When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Um, Okay, so we are going to go to game time. And before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. We are back on Barry and All with Call Me Adam with today's special guest, Marty Thomas. And we are recording at the Green Room 42. And now I have a new segment to my interviews and it's game time. So, Marty, we're going to play a game called Marty Thomas Divas um, based on your hit show. So in this game, I'm going to mention a diva, and you're going to tell me what song you would like to or have liked to duet with them on. Fun. Yes. So let's start with Madonna. Oh, why not? Um, I would say Sooner or Later from Dick Tracy. I love that song. Uh, Mariah Carey. Oh, that's a hard one, but obviously I'll be there. Uh, Whitney Houston. I think it would be a medley of the Bodyguard soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, Diana Ross. You know, unpopular opinion, but Diana Ross for me is, I want muscles all over my body. That's my jam. I love it. I love it. And that's actually a Diana Ross song I don't even know. So I'm thrilled. it up. Oh, I will. I will. Cher. Oh, I mean... Obviously, I think I should guest on the next ABBA album, but if I had to pick one share moment, it would be Shoop Shoop, It's in His Kiss. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Celine Dion? Now that's a toughie. Because your brain obviously goes to the the first choice of tell him, you know, if Barbara's busy, but I don't, if I'm picking a Celine song, it's her, her reggae hit. Uh, did you even know she had a reggae? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's called um, Treat Her Like a Lady. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, it's from the Let's Talk About Love album where she's just like kind of passed out on black vinyl <laughs> inexplicably. And um, she, uh, she, she sang a reggae hit. Yeah, she did great with that. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. Same. Same. So good. Oh, my God. And lastly, Aretha Franklin. Oh, you know, I would do Pride, Deeper Love. I think Aretha and I would take the pride market by storm, don't you? Yes, I do. I do. And with technology today, there has to be a way to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, we are going back to some questions. Okay. So um, this batch of questions, though, is getting to know more about you through songs on the album. So first of all, you open up the album with slow dance. So what boy or boys would you want to slow dance with? Like what today? Like boys I know or celebrities or? You can take it in any direction you want. I mean, if Jason Momoa were available for a slow dance, I wouldn't say no. But I'm I'm very fortunate that I do have uh, someone special in my life right now. And I, I slow dance with Jeffrey pretty often. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, one mashup on the album is Save the Best for Last and Everything I Do, which you have subtitled 7th Grade. So what was 7th Grade Marty Thomas like as compared to today? 7th Grade Marty Thomas was awesome. Kidding. 7th <laughs> uh, Grade Marty was a little bit lost. Uh, I had just made my Broadway debut in New York. And as the Secret Garden closed, I moved back to my hometown, very small town in Northwestern Missouri, a farm community. And he just did not know up from down. And uh, you can take the country boy to the city. It's probably going to be hard to take him back to the country. And it was, it was a challenge. So I, I was, I was lost in trying to find this uh, open-minded new city life that I had learned and transplant it back into the Midwest that seemed so foreign uh, Marty today think the universe is a much more confident human and a much more serene human. Um, I just don't think I saw possibilities for myself in the seventh grade. I didn't realize I, I was ever going to be able to be happy. Well, it's nice that you are and you're able to command it now. It's a blessing. I, I see the youth. I see kids today who are able to just be themselves and they see role models on TV and in the theater and they see examples of themselves because representation matters. Um, it matters. And I see kids who are able to just do them today and I'm so jealous of it, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that what we did in our generation and what the generation before us did that's gotten us to this place. And I hope that this generation is able to do even better so that tomorrow it's even easier. I hope so too. And we did, it, it takes me back actually earlier in the interview when you said you were reading the article that inspired the album. I mean, my mind would go to that same place of, oh, did he get beat up? Did something happen? Because that's what we sort of grew up with, with that kind of like, that's what happened when you were out and, and doing things like that. You bad things happened. Yeah, it's almost like you you hear those um, just insane people talking about a, a woman from the Me Too movement and saying, well, it's her fault. She had it coming. She was asking for it. and But she didn't, though. And, you know, I, I feel bad that my brain went right to, I hope they didn't hurt him. And I was so thrilled that, honestly, I was also thrilled that the article wasn't like a pat on its own back. It wasn't like a look how woke we are kind of article. Yeah. It was just a slice of life. And they just happened to be interviewing a boy who went to the prom with a boy. They didn't highlight it. They didn't put it in their June pride flag issue. They just distributed a normal article. And that's, that's where we have to get to. Yeah. And it's good that we're getting there. Yeah. Um, okay. So another song on slow dancing with a boy is remember the, remember me this way. So how do you want to be remembered? 
how do I want to be remembered? I, um, I want to be remembered as kind. I feel like I've had, um, moments in my life where I feel like I treasure everybody around me and that I'm kind and generous. And I've had moments where I feel like I've been in a very selfish place and those moments don't feel right and organic. They don't feel me. I, I hope I'm remembered as somebody who tried really hard to do the right thing. Well, I think you will achieve that because everything I know about you has been just kind and generous. So I appreciate that. Um, you also do a cover of one of my favorite songs, Show Me Heaven. Um, so what does your version of heaven look like? <laughs> um, if my, if I just let my brain roam and say the word heaven, I go to late nineties, New York club life, uh, the limelight, like 98, 99, um, wasn't old enough to be there, but in the late nineties, that didn't matter. <laughs> Um, it was just, it was the limelight was in this old Catholic church that they had done nothing to renovate. It was just a Catholic church and we would dance to Hex Hector, um, in the, in the, uh, the main hall. And there were these two disco balls that were like angels back to back over a big circle disco ball. And it was featured in everything from Queer as Folk to Sex in the City because it was a heyday. It was just like... Everybody around me was rolling high as a kite, but I was too naive to know it. I was never into that. I didn't even drink. I couldn't afford it. So I would be sober Sally just in the middle of the dance floor, shirt off, dancing uh, like it was my oxygen. And at the time, it really felt like it was. There were vocal records. It was always like a Jennifer Holiday remix. And uh, um, Mary Mary's Shackles was big that year. And Christine W. was it. And we had we had gay artists that were icons and that were just for the gay community to dance to. It was it was an amazing time. It was just before they started remixing Pop Divas. And um, I, I just, I loved that. That's what I pictured. The flashing lights and all the, the beautiful dancing people just loving being out at three in the morning on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, that's heaven. That's going to be an amazing time. Um, so I always, um, I can't believe we're at the end already, but I always end my interviews with a play on my podcast name, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told in a previous interview, what would you share with me today? Oh man, I think I'm a pretty honest person, but if I, oh, my boyfriend is going to kill me for this, but I'm, I'm a, uh, master hoarder. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not that guy that like you open the door and you might find a dead cat or something in the foyer because I didn't know it was there. You don't have to like shimmy past magazine piles, but, um, if you open my closets, you would find the contents of a three bedroom apartment in my studio apartment. I am a master squirreler of, of memories and things and clothes and boy, I have a lot of shoes um, yeah, I think that's that that would shock a lot of people if they opened my closets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that is definitely something I never knew about you. So well done. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Um that's that's everything. I know everybody listening, you're gonna go download Marty's new album, Slow Dancing with the Boy, and He's going to be here at the Green Room 42 in January. What's the date? January 5th. I'm throwing a prom. 
hired a DJ and a prom photographer, and we're building a big prom backdrop for those second chance prom photos. Uh, so it, we're opening the room at seven for photos and things. The concert's at eight. I'll do some songs from the record. And then we're going to transition into party band and dance the night away. That's amazing. Everyone, I'll have the ticket link up on Call Me Adam. Get your tickets. And thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much, buddy. We've known each other a long time. I appreciate you taking the time to chat about this record. Always, always. Thank you. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the for the business of show. Callmeadam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com and follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at callmeadamnyc.